Welcome to a continuation of the HEC Talk series brought to you by the Charlotte AHEC Practice Support Team. For this round of talks, we will be sharing best practice tools and tips helpful to today's primary and specialty care providers through a series of podcasts. The Charlotte AHEC Practice Support Team has been providing support to independent practices since 2009. We currently coach practices in the Charlotte, North Carolina region on initiatives like patient-centered medical home, the quality payment program, and other incentive programs. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome to our latest episode in the HEC Talk podcast series, brought to you by the Charlotte AHEC Practice Support Team. I am Sigrid Smith, a practice support coach. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that can be very challenging for patients, as well as primary and specialty care providers, access. Before we talk about some solutions and tips, let's briefly address what I mean by access and why this should be addressed. Simply put, it is when a patient is able to get timely access to health care. It is all about the patient and providing care. Consider some of these questions as we think about access. Can the patient get an appointment with their physician practice? Are patients experiencing delays in treatment? Does the patient get enough time with their doctor? Do patients receive timely response to phone calls and or patient portal questions? Are there long waits in the waiting or exam rooms? And is there a system in place for patients needing medical advice whenever they call the practice after hours? So we know what access is, who really cares about patient access or who should care about patient access. Everyone should. Here's just a few reasons why. Overbooked appointments can cause a backlog and the provider may not get to spend as much time as needed seeing the patient. This can cause both delays in treatment and compromise patient care. Another reason is that access-related delays in treatment can result in low or poor patient satisfaction scores on patient experience surveys. And we all know that unsatisfied patients may seek treatment elsewhere. Lastly, improving access can be helpful if your practice is working on medical home transformation. Today, I am going to share a few tips for improving patient access that won't put a strain on your already limited practice resources. But before we develop patient access solutions, you first need to know what the existing issues are and what your patients want. To do this, you have to get some type of measure of the access issues that exist in your practice. Some advanced methods of doing this would be measuring how long it takes to get from point A, which is the patient contact in the practice for an appointment, to point B, the third next available appointment. If you're having difficulty in your practice pulling reports on third next available appointments from your EHR, your electronic health record, the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, IHI, has some great tools on their website for measuring access. So, an easy way to do this is to talk to who it affects the most, the patient. This is a good place to start to generate feedback and see what the issues are from the patient's perspective. It can also help you identify what is working, what is not, and what needs improvement. So how do you figure out what the issues are in the practice? One way is to collect feedback data. And you can do this through a variety of ways. Patient satisfaction or patient experience surveys are multi-question surveys distributed to a sample of patients 
where the results are reviewed to identify gaps and survey is re-administered months later after the practice has worked to make improvements in gap area. In a patient satisfaction survey, first think about the questions. What do you want to know the answers to? Think about some of the questions I posed at the beginning of the podcast. That may be a good start. You also want to consider the health literacy of the patient population within the practice. Don't make the questions too hard. You also want to take into consideration the method in which the patients will take the survey. If your population is older, you may want to do a paper survey. For some populations, an electronic survey may be more ideal. Remember, you don't have to survey all patients, just do a sample. Just say you want to survey 50 patients. This can be easily achieved by surveying the first 10 patients of the day for one work week. Then you'll have your 50. Another way to collect feedback data is by using suggestion boxes. They can simply be placed in the lobby or waiting room. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can simply have a one question survey on there for the patients to comment on, such as, tell us how we can improve your experience in this practice. Another method is conducting patient interviews. The practice asks a few select number of patients to interview for a standard set of questions about their experiences at the practice's most recent visit. You can also ask about ways to better improve the practice. A final way to collect feedback data is to have a patient advisory council. This gives a select group of patients and or caregivers the opportunity to voice their concerns with practice staff on areas like quality improvement, practice initiatives, patient experience, clinical performance, and just a number of areas. So, let's say that you have some form of patient feedback and have an idea of what the access issues are. Now, we'll talk about some ways to improve. Number one, expanded or extended access for routine and urgent care. One way to do this is using non-traditional hours to see patients for both routine and urgent care, which is outside of the normal eight to five business hours. This can be in a variety of ways, such as weekend hours, like a half day on Saturday, or a provider shifting their hours to see patients from something like 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., or expanding the weekday hours of the clinic, like staying open until 6 p.m. or opening at 7 a.m. Expanding access can help patients or caregivers and parents of patients that work during the normal office hours, making it difficult to see their provider during the day. Before you decide to expand your clinic hours, it is a good practice to find out what the patient wants. This can be accomplished by asking a one-question survey to patients. For example, the question can say, if we expand our clinic hours to better serve you, what times work best for you? And provide a list of options that your clinic has considered, like opening at 7 a.m. Monday through Friday, or staying open until 6 p.m. on Thursday and Friday, or opening on Saturdays from 9 to 12 twice a month. This is just an example of ways that you can ask patients about access issues. Number two, alternative types of clinical encounters or appointments. This is scheduling a real-time communication visit with a patient that is different from a normal office visit. I'll give you two examples. A group visit, also called a shared medical appointment, is one type. This is when you see multiple patients for care at the same time. Some pediatrics practices do sibling visits 
and family medicine practices conduct family visits. Keep in mind, if you're working on patient-centered medical home, group visits no longer satisfy this criteria. Another example are remote and virtual visits. These alternative type of visits are an advanced concept that is becoming more popular. They may not be suitable for small practices. Ways of doing this can be a video chat or a telephone visit. You will want to keep in mind the HIPAA and security risk requirements when planning these type of alternative visits. A third solution is electronic requests. Answering questions via secure messages in the portal is one easy way to do this. You assign staff to triage the patient portal questions and pass on the questions to the necessary provider and staff. You will want to make sure you establish a time frame to return messages from the portal and monitor them to make sure that you are consistently operating in a timely manner. This gives patients the opportunity to make appointments, request refills, and ask questions about things like referrals and labs on their own time, not just waiting until the office is open. This can help practices reduce some of the administrative workload associated with answering calls related to those items I just mentioned. It can also help patients better coordinate their health care. Number four, timely clinical advice by telephone outside of business hours. Often, patients need advice when the office is closed. Some practices have a specific physician on call phone or triage line. With this, the patient either talks directly to clinical staff who provide care, or the clinician returns the patient's call within a set time frame that's been specified by the practice. An important element of continuity with this is for the provider to follow up advice with proper documentation of that advice in the patient's electronic health record as soon as they can have access to it. This way, the patient has more access to care without the provider having to work extra hours in the practice. But keep in mind, if the patient has an urgent issue, they will need to go to their ER. Another solution is to maximize care team use. This creates less stress on the provider to do it all and frees up time. The staff is able to work to the top of their license. Many smaller practices have medical assistants that, with protocols in place, can do important tasks like prepping the patient for an appointment, conducting outreach, and some injections, like I said, under a doctor's supervision. This allows visits to flow more smoothly and the providers are less apt to get behind in seeing patients. One final solution is advanced access, or you may have heard it called open access or same-day scheduling. When a practice sets aside time on the schedule to allow for same-day appointments for routine and urgent care, that's when you're doing open access scheduling. It gives the patient the ability to get the care from their provider when they choose. First, the practice must set standards for routine and urgent care by defining different types of visits and timeframes for patients to be seen. For example, a practice may say that new patient physicals are seen within five days and urgent issues are seen immediately. There's no specific set number of appointments required for same-day scheduling. Some practices set aside as little as three slots per provider per day for same-day appointments, while other practices operate exclusively on this open access type scheduling. Walk-in appointments are where existing established patients can be seen by the care team during regular office hours without prior notice. 
And for open hour scheduling, patients are seen on a first come first serve basis. Now I know we've covered a lot in this short time, and these are just a few of the options to improve access in your practice. Other evidence-based techniques can be found on the internet. One good example is the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, AHRQ, who has information on implementing open access scheduling for routine and urgent appointments. Thanks again for your time and be on the lookout for other podcasts in our series. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. For more podcasts in our series, visit the practice support section on the Charlotte AHEC website, www.charlotteahec.org.